Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Teachers Off Duty. We're approaching May, and if you don't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we have a big episode today where we're gonna talk about mental health, but first we have a huge announcement. We have a friend back on the podcast with us, one of the OG hosts, Miss Breeze here. Hi! Hi, how What's are you? What's up with it? I am feeling good. I'm excited to be here. We're it's nice to, to be back. back. Yeah, it's like we missed home. you. A, a little hiatus moment. Well, right. hiatus. Sometimes you gotta take a little hiatus. Sometimes you have to take a, a, a little, little hiatus. Break. A little, a little, a little break. <laughs> a little break. 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 I call it a pre-K pause, but <laughs> oh, I got it in. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that uh, you briefly left teaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you? What are you doing now? Are you back? I am. I'm, okay. I'm back in the classroom. Um, I started subbing in October of last year. And then in January, um, I went back to teaching full time. I'm teaching eighth grade math. That's interesting. And you used to teach <laughs> English, I'm a, right? English teacher. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, you did not teach math, did you? There's a, I know I, I normally say I don't do public math, but there's a lot of public math going in on. In public school. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, mm, I'll take this job. Can I go back to ELA next year? Yeah. She's like, yeah. I was like, mm, okay. I love that. Hey, you do what you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. All you gotta do is be one hour smarter than a bunch of eighth graders. Yeah. That's you're literally one hour smarter. I was lost as soon as you said that. I don't even know how to do daylight savings time. (laughs) You truly lost me. An hour. She saw the one in the hour and like, that's it's math. (laughs) I can't. I couldn't possibly. (laughs) Um. So like I said, it's it's Mental Health Awareness Month in in May, and um, I feel like I've said this until I'm blue in the face, but I'm I'm back in grad school. I in a week, I graduate. Oh my <laughs> um, God. Yeah, Woo-hoo. that's scary. But um, so I, I've i been working as a uh, therapist and so uh, a licensed one, hopefully, um, you know, as long as I get to <laughs> You're May. You're gonna get it. <laughs> but um, You're a star. <laughs> one of the interesting things is I, I talked about, you know, when you leave the classroom and, and it's something mm-hmm. that you've advocated for. I don't, if, if you if you do follow me on social media, a lot of what I do is, is coming from a place of advocating for mm-hmm. educators and students. And it was hard to leave the classroom, but I felt like I couldn't do the advocate I wanted to in there, right. I needed to do it on in one-on-one sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back for a social work degree. Yeah. And um, I, I found myself sucked right back in. We got we get to go through the waitlist and look at our clients. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be that most of my clients are within education. One of them owns a preschool. Like it's oh, wow. I'm back right in. That's awesome. And it occurred to me even then that I was not the only one feeling this pressure or mm-hmm. this like uh impending doom every day yeah. that I was going into into the school. And um, I always want to offer self-disclosure um, about my mm-hmm. mental health, right? Yeah. So uh, I lived 13 years of my life. I, when I was 17 years old, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Oh, and I was wow. diagnosed by my family doctor after a 10-minute, 10-question survey. Hefty. I was gonna say that hefty diagnosis, diagnosis right? To give somebody yeah. after that. At seventeen, and so I lived thirteen years of my life thinking wow. I had bipolar disorder. And when medication wouldn't work, or the medication they gave me sent me into mania or depression, they put me on lithium. And lithium is very helpful That's for people. Serious it's medication. very serious, and it does help people. And I think it's an it, yeah. you know I think it's an amazing tool when that is your diagnosis. Right. At thirty years old. Um, this is hard and, and, and not hard in the way of like, it's a privilege hard, right? Mm-hmm. But when you live your life as a teacher in a classroom and your biggest crowd is 20 kids who don't laugh at your jokes and then you're, <laughs> then you're they're just like, that's not funny. 
And then you get some notoriety on on social media or mm-hmm. on um, you know, going on comedy tour and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you and you get to meet the people that are following you, which is super yeah. fun. There becomes this weird pressure of eyes on Absolutely. you because you didn't have that before. And I got I, I blew up on social media during COVID, so I wasn't even seeing day to day people. True, right? You know, like by accident. By accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, I didn't realize how bad my mental health was. And I and I decided I'm going to go get a full screening done. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like a four or five hour um, interview they do with you. And uh, at the end of it, they tell you what they, what they believe your diagnosis was. Yeah. And um, they were like, you do not have bipolar disorder. You have yeah, no mood disorder. Right. right. Yeah. They said, yeah. you have one of the worst cases of ADHD we've ever seen. Wow. And you have- Went from um, bipolar to bipolar, ADHD? Which wow. is very common. So it's very common, especially um, like women will get diagnosed with bipolar disorder before ADHD. Mm. And usually men, it's it's the opposite. Yeah. And they, so- like, why, why is that? So ADHD, you? people think it is just- can't focus, right? Okay. Yeah. ADHD is depression. Yeah. Um, it, ADHD is um, hyperactivity oh, that can be that can look like manic episodes. Right. Um, but really, it's your mind's way of just trying to calm it down from being overstimulated, right? Gotcha. We oh, wow. ADHD. There's the H in there, the hyper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, I don't, I don't believe ADD is a diagnosis anymore. Don't quote me on that, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's not every. It's it will always be ADHD, mm. and so they'll look at those infrequencies of your mood, mm-hmm. but um, they're not necessarily caused by a mood disorder. This one's caused by a overactive, stimulated brain. And they, right. need, to un- they need to bring the stimulation down mm-hmm. um, and stimulate certain parts of the brain, right? Because right. you don't feel stimulated. You're, that's why you're so busy looking for mm-hmm. stuff. And so um, I, I, I get this diagnosis and the binge eating diagnosis, and I was on medication mm-hmm. uh, for it, which was I was coming to Atlanta where where I, yeah. I met you two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and didn't, didn't you say like it was the first, first time you had ever taken Are you it? Serious? The, it, it, it? I was the first day I took it, and I was in the I was reading Oliver Sacks's um, "The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat." I'm reading it, and I start sobbing because for the first time in 13 years, I'm dyslexic. I had ADHD. Oh, I wow. finished a book. Because usually I bits and pieces. Yeah. And I was like, I finished a book in one sitting. Isn't that so validating though for you? That's yeah. like, this is not me. That's like, not I just me. needed something extra and to help me. And it's not that, that it was a medication that could work mm-hmm. instantly almost yeah. instead of something that would take six weeks to go in. So I continued on this path and it was great, but taking medication is only half of it. And I wasn't Absolutely. seeking therapy. Absolutely. And as we went from there into the spring and we were doing this podcast, mm-hmm. I had a lot go on and I, and I, and I, and I didn't have the therapy I needed, mm-hmm. right? I had the medication. The medication the medication brings you to a level where you can start receiving yeah. therapy. And there's a lot of childhood trauma I did not mm-hmm. I did not work through. There's yeah. a lot of childhood trauma. And unfortunately, some of the stuff that happened made me have to publicly talk about my childhood trauma, mm-hmm. which is so unfair to do to someone. Absolutely. Yeah. And I realized I was not healthy. Mm-hmm. I was not healthy. And I we were talking today, you know, your mental health and 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 and, and living day-to-day life and having those mm-hmm. relationships you want, it's as just as important as your physical health, it would be like having bronchitis and trying to train for a marathon. Absolutely, yeah. You're not gonna be able to do it. Yeah. So I want to start the the conversation with some of the stuff that that I've been dealing with, and and now I I see a therapist every Tuesday mm-hmm. at nine. I go in there, I'm doing the therapy, 
I, like I said, I, I, I am a therapist. I, I now got a generalized anxiety diagnosis as well, mm-hmm. um, which does not mean it's so general. Generalized anxiety means generally everything makes you anxiety. Right. Thank uh, you for anxious. Yes. Yeah. I was thought I was downplayed it. And I realized what, you know, now being in school and having now to that you study said it DSM. Because I also have right. generalized anxiety yes. and I didn't think of it like that. Yes. I thought of it the way you first said no. it. Like, oh, it's just general. It's like, just general. Yeah, no. Like, it's not that bad. No. It, no it's like just everything makes anxiety. you nervous. Yeah. I'm like, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. that's about it's right. It's entry level. You entry have level. <laughs> Do you want the anxiety plus or um, it's everything's making you anxious? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just started a medication for, for that as well. And again, I'm not saying like, over medicate. I'm not. I'm not telling you what to do with your mental right, health. But we're I, not medical professionals. Cr- right. Yeah. I, I, right. I'm not a medical professional. I can never this prescribe is just our medication. Own perspective right. and experience. Yeah. All I can yeah. do is give you therapy, and I can diagnose you. I cannot give you medication right. at all. But I want to disclose my stuff before we open it up to us, because I don't want you to feel like you're talking to me, who's right. not empathetic. But also, you're talking to quite a bit of other people yeah. out there. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. We also want to give you the opportunity to to talk or share anything that you want yeah. to or that you don't want to. Yeah. So my daughter started school, uh, I have a four-year-old daughter. She started school in August uh, of this past year, and I had that she was starting school, she's never been in school before, so that was like a huge, huge. stressor to me as a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's my only kid, and I am I know where, she, you know, she was always with her grandma, because um, she watched her, you know, for us, like she didn't, we didn't send her to daycare yeah. and stuff, so I, I think inadvertently that was stressing me out too, and I didn't realize it was stressing yeah. me out, because all summer I'm like, okay, I gotta make sure she knows how to do this for school, and I gotta make sure she knows how to do, do this, but I was also on the road yeah. um, touring, and you were away I, from her quite I a bit. I was away from her a lot, and and so I feel like nobody social being a social media influencer, especially growing on TikTok, is new. It is new, and, and so there's nobody to like teach you how to do it. Oh, absolutely mm-hmm. not. And so you kind of are learning like trial, you know, by trial and error. And I think a lot of influencers too feel the pressure to quit teaching. Once people are like, oh, you're big on social media. Why are you still teaching? Right. And so I had like that. Obviously, I quit teaching for my own reasons. Right. But I felt a little bit of that pressure, but that had nothing to do with me quitting teaching. But I have always struggled with mental health since I was like, yeah. I think the earliest I can remember is when I was 12. And y'all know me like I am one of those people like I am transparent and I'm going to be honest. Right. And I know one time I made a video it's on TikTok. Your, it's in your name. It's, so, yeah. <laughs> it's who you are. Right. So one time I made a video on TikTok and I was like crying. Somebody's like, oh my God, I hate when people publicly cry. Right. And I'm like okay like i'm still gonna do i don't care right <laughs> don't watch the video right. <laughs> because, because i feel like it gave somebody else the freedom and the permit and not that they need permission but it gave them the freedom to be like you right. know what it's okay to cry if, and if you're this, a human yeah. like we're, we're not robots and so i know everybody's big question is like you know why did you leave like why did you leave the podcast why did you leave the comedy tour and like the honest answer is like mentally i could not handle it yeah and it was affecting relationships with people that i general genuinely love Mm -hmm. but anybody that has a family member that is mentally struggles with mental health or is mentally ill 
you know the negative way that that can affect relationships. Right. It puts a, especially if you're not taking care of yourself. For sure. It puts a strain on the people around you and people who have like mental health. So like if you if you have like a mood disorder, because yeah. I, I don't have bipolar. They diagnosed me. With, they tried to diagnose me with, with bipolar the first time that um, I had to go inpatient because I've had to go inpatient yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. And the very first time I had to go inpatient, they diagnosed they tried to diagnose me with bipolar. And I, the psychiatrist that I have now, who I've had for five years, she's fantastic. Yeah. She said, we're not, she said, you're not bipolar. You don't meet the criteria. There is, I, I have uh, PTSD yeah. from childhood trauma. Right. And there is something called mood dysregulation that's associated with PTSD. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And so there's bipolar, but there's also these different classifications yeah. of mood disorder. So I genuinely have a mood disorder. Anybody right. that has a mood disorder knows there's certain things that trigger you. Yeah. It took me this summer to realize like, hey, yo, there's certain things that trigger you. You're out of control. Yeah. And so that was hard for me because I have felt really in control have felt like I had gotten to like a good point, like Brie, you're taking your medicine. Right. You've been on medicine for four years, like you're in a good place in yeah. life, like you're making enough money to support you yeah. and your daughter. And then when you've when you have gotten to a stable place and then you start to feel out of control yeah. because you don't realize that things are triggering you, it is so unbelievably defeating. Yeah. And so it's like the thing that you like the thing that you don't want to do, you inadvertently end up doing that. Right. So you love the relationships that you have with people, but because you're not mentally taking care of yourself, you're responding in a way that is uncharacteristic to who you're, you're becoming a person that you don't want to be. Right. And so this summer, being away from my daughter, traveling so much, and it was nobody else's fault. I, I chose to go on yeah. tour. I chose to be a part of the podcast, but it was, it was almost like I needed things to like crash and burn in a sense like yeah so that i would see like hey yo this is you are not okay mm -hmm. and so i think i felt this pressure to like just keep going like just keep doing the tour you're making good money for you and your family like you need and my body was like we're about to tap out yeah. if you don't stop yep i as hard as it was i was like brie you gotta go home mm -hmm. and so as much as i wanted to finish out the rest of the comedy tour in july i was like no fam i gotta go home yeah because my daughter i love my daughter and i, I want to be around for my daughter this is pushing me to a level that's unhealthy and again yeah it wasn't anything that anybody was doing the the traveling and stuff like that i I thought that I would be able to handle it. I was like, oh my God, I love to travel. We went, went to all hard. these different cities, miserable in every city yes. because I was so depressed. Yeah. Because not getting enough, like if, you, if I don't get enough sleep, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like a completely like, different person. Tour is brutal. I've never yeah. been on tour, but like I've seen how it how it affected mm -hmm. my husband when like his band would travel. Yeah. It, it's not easy. Yeah, Tra it's traveling, not, yeah. traveling for work mm -hmm. is way different than traveling to go, oh, we'll go check out a city. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost, almost we travel quite a yeah. bit for work and it's, it's exhausting. It's tiring. Absolutely. And, and you don't get to, you don't get to connect with many people you, when you're on tour you're connecting with the people you're traveling with which is great mm -hmm. but you also you kind of start to see a shift in people where it, it is difficult right and people do tours sometimes can enjoy it, but there's a financial gain yeah, gain absolutely. for it that that, that that you know overrides and so when you grow up in i mean i grew up in poverty we've Same. talked about that yeah. then you sit there and say i can overcome this because but I mean, when you yeah. go from a room of listen 
like I said, we're teachers and we want to mm-hmm. talk about this because we know that some other teachers are feeling yeah. a, a similar way. But it's like it's like going to school and imagine you're standing in front of the kids reading a book or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that moment, you have the attention on you and you're make, maybe you're making your kids laugh or what mm-hmm. have you. Now, I'm, times that when you're in an auditorium of you know 2,000 people, mm-hmm. you're making them laugh and you're meeting them and it's, and it's great and it's fun. Yeah. And, and you're getting this positive reinforcement mm-hmm. attention. Then you go back to a quiet, mm-hmm. still is hotel cr- room. Like alone. alone. You're, you're yeah. here, 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 here. And then and then down, yeah, you know? Silence, like even deafening. when we would come down for the podcast um, to film, because none of us live here. No. Yeah. So like no. even when we when we traveled for the podcast before, we would stay in separate hotel rooms. Yeah. That was the loneliest I had ever felt. Oh, like yeah. because you you literally sit and talk with your friends for an entire day. Yeah, and then. It's like that. You right. go into your lonely hotel room and it's quiet and there's no one to talk to. And like, you know, it's usually late because we film right. clear right. into the like late evenings. Mm-hmm. And then like my husband's not even awake at that point. So I'm not going to call yeah, and wake exactly. him up. So you just kind of sit there and stew in your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And like, that's oh, not yeah. good for you either. Absolutely not. No, yeah. no. Per- Performing is difficult. Like, and that's yeah. why so many like huge performers you see have to take time off. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like at Justin Bieber, you know, he's an easy example. Like, he crashed and burned, and he's like, "Yeah, I couldn't sustain this." Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I know that sometimes people like look at performers or whatever you want to call any of us, right? And they're like, "Well, yeah, but you have so many." Be- You're absolutely There's right. There benefits. are so many privileges absolutely. and benefits yeah, that we have that not everybody gets to experience. And like, I don't think I think I could speak for everyone where when I say like we acknowledge that and we mm-hmm. we try our best yeah. to give back right. for what we are right. able to right. like take in. But at the same time, we want to be transparent. Right. And yeah. even when we were talking about m- me coming back to the podcast, I'm like, I, I, I can't go back without talking to, to my people and saying like, hey, yo, this and I and I had to have the freedom to talk about it when I was ready. Because yeah. I, I did have, you know, a, a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey, why'd you leave? Like, why? Right, and right. I understand that. We understand that people want to know. People get you know, attached. Somebody just they love this. And you're yeah, like, hey, we, yo, where'd you go? Yeah. Exactly. And I, I needed that time from July until where I'm at now. I had to work on myself because yeah. here's what they teach you. And when you finally end up going to therapy, yeah. what they teach you is it when you're growing up, when we were growing up, nobody taught us how to regulate our emotions so they were out of control like people responding in anger to things parents fighting all that kind of stuff so it's chaos and they helped me understand like not only did you like grow up in trauma but you lived like you you didn't just have like big traumas you lived daily trauma yes that was the biggest thing like for me to like for my therapist to like explain to me and so that stuff carries over into your adult life Absolutely. so when you finally go to counseling your counselor what they do is they give you tools to put in your mental health toolbox to help you cope yes. and deal with things and when i was on tour this summer i was out of tools in my toolbox because i had never I've never been on tour. I never right. stayed from hotel to hotel. Never had, you know, the stress of being like sleep deprived while on the road. Eating out. Like now, the person that I am now, I know what to expect on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have systems and structures that I have to put in place. Right. I have to be aware of triggers. Last summer, I had no idea. It was I, I went in blind. It was bound to be a train Oh, my wreck. gosh. Absolutely. There was no way for it uh, not oh, to absolutely. be. Oh, absolutely. And so the thing that is, like, encouraging to me is I, is I went home. The hardest thing for a person to do is look yourself in the mirror right. and acknowledge 
the flaws in yourself. Right. Because people, if, if you've ever read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence yeah. People, he explains that people, we have a natural inclination. We are always going to defend ourselves. Absolutely. We, it's like a, it's like a, it like can be a preservation yeah, okay. yeah. thing, but it also can be like, in a sense, a cognitive distortion. Yes. Like, I, well, I didn't do anything like that. That's their fault. If they perceive it like that, that, right. and, it, and that is, that is unhealthy. hundred percent. And so I, when I got home, I, because I want to be healthy, yeah. I want to reconcile relationships with people. And I want to say this, there is no relationship, no matter how much you think, there is no relationship that is beyond reconciliation. Yes. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe right. that. It might take you years, right. but there is no relationship that is beyond reconciliation. And that reconciliation too, I think I think we think that it's a kumbaya moment of, of, and it's not. of waltzing with someone. There's, <laughs> there's so many people in my life that when you forgive someone or when you when we're doing that we're doing it for ourselves because at the end of the day that person doesn't need to be forgiven by you mm-hmm. right they don't need that to continue their world right but you do and there's so many people yeah. in my life you know i, I will be uh, again i always want to offer discord my, my stepdad's one of them mm-hmm. i had to work to forgive him mm-hmm. for the for the stuff growing up. I told you I we had to determine what night we were going to have, whether we had to call the police based on how he parked his truck in our driveway, but, wow. but based on the sound of the engine pulling in, and that is a hard thing for a kid to go mm-hmm. through. So when you are, I, I I explain it this way: imagine that you are a bus driver driving a school bus, okay, and you're driving the bus, and the kids that are screaming are your trauma, and you're Ooh. going down the highway. And, and you're hearing the screams, but you can't stop because you're on mm. a highway. If you pull over, it's not safe. So you keep yourself safe by keep going. You're ignoring the kids in the back seat, but you know they're there. And one of two things can happen. We can see the exit and we can turn off and we can get to a good place and we can go deal with the screaming kids. Mm-hmm. Or that bus is breaking down mm-hmm. in the middle of the highway. Absolutely. And we have to veer off to safety and calm those kids. Mm. And I think for you what happened is you were driving that bus and it broke down. Absolutely. And so you have to, you have to then say, I can, uh, while we wait for help, I'm going to help. I'm going to start trying to address those babies in the back. And that is hard. Right. I, I would not, the stuff that happened to me prior before, before you even in, in, in the spring, when I had to leave, I didn't get that option. Right. My, my van exploded, my bus Mm -hmm. exploded and I had to, to you know talking like you said you, you needed the time to do it you yeah. know the thing that was uncomfortable for me is i had stuff that i'm still dealing with why yeah. i had to disclose you know horrific sexual abuse that happened to me as a kid right. and then on top of that see people you know saying horrific things about me and i was just like i don't want to i don't want to have to disclose that to people because you're wondering why i'm not on a podcast right. you know what right. i mean like that is such a silly and thing I, absolutely and i i think like we felt that pressure too with people in the comments like asking like what's happening what's yeah, going on why are yeah. the hosts changing and it's like it wasn't our story to tell it's, it's never like it's ours. not it's not our business right. to to know explain everything that's going no. on in everybody's private and I lives. Honestly appreciate it. Yeah. Last year was a really hard year for for my family just because of um, like Jordan's health. If you like if you've like just recently tuned in my husband has ulcerative colitis and he was just diagnosed this December with um, primary sclerosing cholangitis, which can be yeah. fatal. Um, we are very, very fortunate that he has it in his, it's like a liver disease. Mm. Um, he has it in his smaller liver ducts and they, it basically cuts off your liver's ability to empty out and Mm. eventually turns into liver failure. So 
last year he was for the past two years really he was in and out of the hospital very sick couldn't get off the couch i had i felt like i had all the pressure of like taking care of my household taking Mm -hmm. care of my husband making sure we were financially stable so i could afford his medications and like even with school like i like i considered you know taking a sabbatical at school Mm -hmm. just to to handle all of the other stuff and I was like, I can't do that because I need my health insurance for my husband. And then on top of that, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be on the podcast, but it's not ever something I thought would be in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And to be, you know, just all of a sudden like, all right, let's go do this. Go, go, go. Travel once a month. Go, go, go. And like, I'd never done that before in my life. And it's a huge, huge change. Yeah. And anyone who knows me knows that I am like, you know, I'm an introverted extrovert. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would much you rather are. stay at home day in, day out yeah. and like just chill with the people I'm closest with. Mm-hmm. So for me to be away from home a lot of the time, yeah. Yeah. it gets it gets tough. Yeah, You had to leave Jordan. And yeah, yeah. And to have to leave Jordan behind knowing that he was sick. I had a yeah. lot of guilt yeah. for that. But like, he was also very supportive and pushing me to do it yeah. because he knew that it was something I wanted. Mm. And there's always going to be something going on in your life and and i had you know i could go into like the things i dealt with as a kid too yeah i did not have you know the types of trauma that that both of you may have experienced i had different types of trauma Mm -hmm. like my parents fought a lot as a kid and i just i am so i i am non-confrontational because of that like yeah, i'm just yeah. i'm a doormat <laughs> you are not a and doormat. well i i i just don't want to you know ruffle I, feathers or yeah. right yeah. like i'm such a people pleaser because yeah. of it mm. and but like i finally took the step like i remember sitting on my couch it was june i was waiting for my flight to leave for vidcon mm-hmm. and i just sat there i was alone jordan was at work and I just started bawling yeah. because I didn't want to go. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I was like, I don't want to go be away from home for five days. I don't want right. to go like meet people. Like I, I did and I didn't. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I, like I, that day I was like, I need help. Yeah, like, yeah. and people need to hear those realistic yeah. emotions. Yeah, from yeah. yeah. because I like I have always been the peacemaker in my family like when everyone was fighting i was in the middle being like no don't like okay that i'm sure they didn't like i was always that person so like i always think i'm so strong and i'm like i can handle it i'm fine i'm good i'm good i'm Mm -hmm. good and that was the first time in my life that i was like i really think i need help like i don't yeah i don't feel like myself and I started therapy last June. It yeah. was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Because now I'm working through all of those issues that I dealt with as yeah. a kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently working on either, you know, I don't know if I have ADHD or not, but I definitely have a lot of the indicators. And right. so I'm working on being being potentially diagnosed with that. Yeah, I have the generalized anxiety. And it's mm. like, I think I try too hard to be the best at yeah. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And if that means shoving my own emotions down right. to help other other people mm-hmm. and their emotions, I like I'll do that to myself. And oh, yeah. and therapy really taught me like, you know, stop like giving in to what everyone else wants. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're not being healthy right. yeah. by doing that. 
Right. No. And it's it's a tough. It is it's very hard. tough. It's, it's oh, tough. And so you're hard. in a career, right? So it's like so. I I wonder sometimes too if like uh the the whole like uh, notoriety or of social media, um is as difficult for people who aren't teachers, right? Because I mean every job's stressful, right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. You have you have this this thing with with teachers and 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 therapizing teachers and doing one on one sessions with with educators and then knowing what I experienced before social media even happened, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking when I when I was solely my my only one job was teaching. I remember so many times coming home, my husband's like, please get into therapy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm fine because I'm medicated for bipolar. I'm fine. Yeah. And I wasn't okay at right. that time, but I, but I ignored it. I kept driving that bus. And mm-hmm. and I, I see so many educators out there who uh, will send me DMs or I'll mm-hmm. go do professional development or, you know, a small group uh, therapy with, with, with teachers. And if it wasn't difficult before, adding um, – the pressures of of everything with COVID yeah. and and worry about the safety of those kids, but mm-hmm. worry about your own safety in the classroom yeah. and and all these things. And, and is this book I'm teaching going to get banned, or or am I, you know, yeah. what's going to happen next? When's yeah. the next shoe right. going to drop? Yeah. And we're seeing all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And and I know um, for myself, back at home, I, I was talking to um, one of our producers for the show, and I, I was like, you know, at, at home, there unfortunately, and I'm not going to say the school name. There was a teacher who committed suicide, yeah. and, and it's horrible. And then you know, in the news right now, there's a there's a thing. Uh, going on and he was like you know please say something about that the podcast mm-hmm. where it, a teacher um, had committed suicide because um, of of not just test scores but it, it did something with credentials of the school and, that's, and so yeah. the pressure when when you have when we're putting that much pressure on an educator for their job mm-hmm. and with with education you have the most extreme level of you experience every emotion right. and you experience right. the extreme of every emotion. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you have such high highs, you have such low lows. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the biggest emotions I think educators feel is guilt. There's Absolutely. a lot of guilt. Yeah. So yeah. much guilt. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's times when like, I'll feel guilty feeling like I let my kids, like my students down. You know, there's yeah. days when I come in like, crap, I wasn't like, I wasn't patient enough yeah. with this kid. Yeah. I, I didn't do this right, I didn't do that. You feel yeah. guilty. Yeah. And then there's also days where I feel guilty because when I go home, I just gave 120 kids the best version of myself. And then now I go home to uh, my same. lovely fiance and yeah. I'm like, I'm not giving the best version of me. Yeah. Right. yeah. You're spread so thin and you can't give that, you know. Um, this is this is exactly 100% why my husband and I don't have children and we don't want children. He's a professor. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was a, a you know, teacher and I teach half time um, and going to be you know therapist, hopefully mm-hmm. soon full time. It's I, I knew I, I, I would come home and if I can't even give my husband a fraction of what I what I was, I was a yeah. shadow of a person every time I got home yeah. that I knew I couldn't do that for a kid. And yeah. so, I you know, um, thinking about not only you went from teaching and then abruptly from teaching to yeah. to, you know, tour. And then when you're on tour, you know, um, I right now uh, I'm on I'm on tour and yeah. it's, it is almost Whole time, right? And so not only am I on tour, but then, you know, I go teach two or three times a week. And then on top of that, I have to therapize eight clients. And then I have grad classes still. Mm-hmm. And I, there will be times that we're on tour. I'm like, can we stop at the Starbucks? Can you guys find something to do for an hour? Because I need to yeah, have absolutely. privacy with this client. So I'm sitting in a car by myself in the heat, therapizing a client for an hour. Yeah. Okay, we can continue going. And it's a lot. I'm in a mm-hmm. healthier space now, but yeah. I also have learned my limits. I've learned yeah. I have to go home have, yeah. and I don't have a child to go home to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine last summer, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, it looks was, like you have a weekend off, but yeah. then you realize I don't get a weekend. I got to go record the podcast. Right. Nobody 
made me do that. No. But because I grew up in poverty and because there was the opportunity to make good money and because I want to make sure I can give Peyton the life yeah. that I didn't have when I was a kid. Yeah. And hear me when I say my parents, I, it took me till I was an adult to realize my mom and dad did the best that they knew how yes. and the best that they were physically able to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, me and my mom have had a lot of healthy conversations about how we grew up and we've talked through a lot of things. And so, you know, I, I feel okay to talk about that because my mom knows like, Hey, yo, we've worked through a lot of stuff. Right. And so I I just was like, Bree, you don't have when you come home again, you, you're a shell of a person. Yeah. You're doing this for Peyton so you can provide a better life for her. But you're not right. healthy when you yeah. come home. Yeah. And so to me, that was more important than like, I'm like, we can figure out the money stuff. I got to be yeah. healthy for my daughter because yeah. mm-hmm. I need to make sure I teach my daughter how to have healthy reactions to things. When right. she gets upset about something, there's a way to respond that's not 100%. harmful to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that that was that was that became really important to me. And it was also so freeing to yeah. like a- acknowledge that it was yeah. hard at first. I cried so much when I went home. I'm like, what do you do? Right, like, why would right. you ever quit the podcast? Like, I mean, I beat myself up for, I was like, you're an idiot. You were making, you, you just quit. Like, and that's that, that's that yeah. like depression, like negative talk Absolutely. inside your mind. Absolutely. And I finally like came to a place where I, I was like, stop, stop, go get the help that you need. Yeah. Talk through things with your therapist. If your psychiatrist needs to adjust your medicine, but why, like, we need to be okay acknowledging the fact that, like, one, I'm not okay. Right. Two, I don't care if, like, what y'all see on social media, peop, that's not who people are in real life. Mm-hmm. No. No, the no. people you see on social media, like, I'm not saying they two-faced or anything like that, but I'm saying you only see how much can you really tell about a person in a one-minute video. You know what I'm you saying? Can't. Even if it's even if even when I did my video about why I quit teaching, the first one was 45 minutes long, the second one was 28 minutes long. You still can't know every, you know, no, and so no. I I feel like I we need to take this pressure off of social media, not even just social media influencers, but just each other. Yeah, that you're not like, oh my god, they're crazy. Well, think so about you're, so you're crazy. No, they're not crazy. I was fortunate that a lot of my parents dropped off, mm. but you're seeing the teacher for five minutes a day when you're dropping off, maybe. Five minutes yeah. a day after, if there's not another, if there's not another parent there, yeah. and you're you're making an assumption off of mm-hmm. this teacher, yep. um, based off of that, or and or like you know, if your child comes home uh, upset with the teacher that day, maybe the teacher did piss them off, or maybe that didn't happen. I don't know, right? Like, and 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 you should always be inclined to believe your child because we should always believe children, right? So when 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 you're sitting there and you're judging this teacher and you're giving that teacher that pressure, right, based off of this moment yeah. that, that that you had, that teacher is going to start being. Like, Every parent hates me. Every this, this, and this, and it's and it's not mm-hmm. the recognition. You know, yeah. w- you're doing the same when you know when when we're giving someone a two yeah. minute snippet of what our life is. We're, we're we're for the most part giving you the the, the best part of it, right? right? And even a two minute, twenty eight mm-hmm. minute, forty five minute explanation of why you're feeling a way that you're feeling. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and disclose to you, you know. And I and and like I said, there's stuff I didn't like. I I did not know at just shy of turning 31 right mm-hmm. this it was this exact week last year oh wow i sat there i came home i was after we did our initial first tour ever in yeah. florida i told my husband i'm not okay mm-hmm. i think i need either inpatient or start therapy and i was very mm-hmm. fortunate i could get a therapist it was a sunday i got them on tuesday good yeah um but i was there and i i was talking to the therapist and he was asking me about my childhood and i 
was like, I, there are so many things I didn't deal with because my mom was alive. And um, I didn't want her to know some of the horrible things that happened to me. Oh, wow. And I remember the first time I disclosed to her something bad happened to me, she was, her response was, are you upset that you were abused because it was a woman? Because my mom didn't want me to be gay that bad. And so I didn't feel like I could say anything for oh, years. Wow. And so at, th- at 30 years old, I go to this the therapist and I am like, when I was a kid, a lot of free bad stuff happened to me. So mm. at 30 years old, as someone who's going to school for a therapy, I realized I'm not okay yeah. because I'm opening wounds I didn't know existed in me. Yeah. I was so, I was not my best self for everyone around me, I feel like at that time, because I was so angry yeah. with what happened. And when you start healing, you become mm. irritable because you are, you're, you, you, you can't, have the mindset and and the the thing around you where before you could kind of be collective about what you do and don't say or how you do and don't feel and when you're healing you look around you're just like i don't want to deal with that person's emotion i don't want to deal with this person over here i don't Mm -hmm. want to this child's making me super upset i have never gone on so many walks around the school (laughs) because as i was healing i thought what what you're upset because someone took your doll like well (laughs) you you know i remember as i was doing that healing process i was i did not like how i was acting Mm to so many people around me and I was getting so angry that I, mm-hmm. no one no one saved me when I was a kid. No one looked at yeah. me and wanted to say, you you, you need this, you, you deserve this. And I, at 30 was like, I was, I, I felt like I never had a fighting chance. And at 30, when you're realizing that that's hard right. and then you're like, well, you know, I, I remember just drowning as a teacher and that's, you know, I, uh, I left the podcast, I think in early April I resigned from my full-time teaching in May. Mm-hmm. Got halfway through the summer. I thought, oh my God, I can't do this. And yeah. so I, I went I went back half time. But I I I as I was healing, I I I don't love what happened in my initial few months of healing. Yeah. And then I and then it, just with the how angry I yeah. was. And I, I feel like there are we underestimate the amount of teachers that have developed PTSD, Absolutely. not only from the COVID year, but just from education in general. Like yes. the teachers who have been assaulted by students or teachers that there's just the stress of education not yeah. even just dealing with the students but yeah. just the stress and the pressure of education itself of having to go to work sick and the fact that teachers don't make that much money so you're no. dealing with financial like single being a single parent and making only like i remember when i started tiktok i was literally on the brink of like if i don't find something else to do like i like even a second job wasn't going to be enough money for me right. because i had just gotten divorced uh, from from Joel, uh, me and Peyton had just moved into an apartment. I had to make sure on my teacher salary that I could make sure me and my daughter lived in a safe place right. that that I didn't have to feel scared to get out of my car at yeah. night. Mm-hmm. So then I had to de- I had to decide like, okay, I'm gonna pay more in rent, but then I gotta I gotta Where we may I not necessarily be able to like eat as much you know stuff yeah. or whatever. And so that that was really hard and. There's a lot. I cannot imagine like if I s- still had that pressure. It was like, like li- social media gave me a lifeline, like right at the right time. Right. The amount of teachers that the stress of like not making any money, the stress of dealing with like cray cray kids at school and dealing with admin, and also the days where you come in and you yourself are depressed because like yeah. the kids come in some days feeling a little off kilter, but your teacher too. And they take yeah. like a lot of times like. You know, I've had an admin in the past, like straight up tell me, like, if you're not having a good day, leave it at the door. I'm like, it's you, you can't. can't. Like, I we're human. I 
I can't just like keep my or, my trauma or my depression or whatever. I can't just say hold right here. Yeah, I'll be back yeah. at three yeah. thirty and like hi kids. Like it's you right. can't. I don't know. I, there might be teachers out there that are amazing at putting on that mask and doing that. Yeah, yeah. I am not one of them. I wear my heart on my sleeve, mm-hmm. and like when I go in my classroom. I can tell straight up if I'm not having a good day. And yeah. I'm sure the kids mm-hmm. notice. Absolutely. And do they, do they I notice. do my damnedest to not let that right. happen? Yes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I'm but. also human and I have bad days and I get depressed. And it's hard mm. to put on a show for a group of 18, 20 kids right. and mm-hmm. be on for yeah. them. And like it's... Oh, I- yeah. It's really Dude, hard. People, like parents who are educators, man, they are rock stars. Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously. Well, for, thank you. For, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, like the, the people that I work with, I'm amazed at how they can be such great educators, pour their heart and soul and every ounce of energy they have into yeah. mm-hmm. a group of 120 kids that yeah. they have only known for nine months. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go home and then they have to be rock star parents. Like, right. it's incredible. Right that they can do that like it's mm-hmm. for me like i don't have any kids i'm i'm scared when i have kids like, right? you know? yeah, like, yeah. Like, like i thought i was tired now yeah oh my gosh i've often i got to go home and i got to take care of more kids like yeah that's yeah. a lot and i don't think I, I, people who aren't educators i'm not saying you don't understand but right. like you you can you can understand to an extent you can have empathy yeah, right. you know, you can have that, yeah. yeah like yeah you know it's it's so hard with the emotions you feel as an educator like yeah. i think about just all the kids i have in my classroom every class period yeah. with how many different situations are going on in their lives yeah. Yeah. you know i think of you know i'll have you know there'll be kids who man they're high achievers high ex- excelling yeah. they, they want to you know the bars here they want good yeah. grades then i got another kid sitting next to him who you know their their parent just died of cancer yeah yeah and there's literally in the same room right and then right. you, you got to figure out how to hit both of those. Yeah, you know, absolutely. How to, how to make sure both of them feel safe and make right. sure that right. their parents are happy with the job that you're doing. hundred percent. And, and yeah. then you have to, you know, you do that for eight class periods a day. Right. And then all of a sudden now you got to go home and you got other people in your life that you want to care for. Like it and is tell me tiring. That, and tell me that you can't, you can just shut that off and say, yeah. I'm not going to think about those children yeah. until tomorrow at 830. You don't. You don't. And yeah. that sits in your brain. Like, oh, did Johnny get dinner tonight? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. is Susie going to go home and get beat by her parents? Yeah. Like, yes. it, like it scares it's, you. You sit and think and stew on those yeah. thoughts all the time. Yeah. And, and, and I can't, can't tell myself, I can't tell myself, hey, you're actually not exhausted. Yeah. Hey, you right, actually yeah. do yeah, have that energy. You do have, you can go and, and be the best self like not today you I know can't. there's days that you can't and yeah. and i think that's something that's not talked about right and that's something right. that i try to tell my clients like it's okay if today you have i call it brain worry because sometimes people are like mm-hmm. i don't i don't know that what i'm feeling is anxious mm-hmm. and my supervisor is like i call it sometimes is your brain worried and mm-hmm. i thought and the way when she said that to me i remember getting choked up because i thought that is some, such a way i'd explain to the kids mm-hmm. but I've never had to explain to me that way because there's times I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel anxious right now, but I don't, I don't know what I'm feeling, right? Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that I never walked as a teacher into school without butterflies on my stomach and feeling like this, like I, I joked about, I mean, I didn't even joke about it. I said, I, I, I feel like an impending doom. I couldn't figure out why that was, you know? And I, and I remember uh, trying to explain to my therapist and, and it took a, while, a bunch of sessions. I'm like, mm. there's something about every time the phone rings in my classroom, I don't like it. I get, yeah. they're going to tell me something that horrible happened. He's like, well, right. let's Same. think about it. And so I'm talking about all these phone calls. And then I, he said, you know, you know, what about this one? And I, and I it, weeks. And, 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 I, and I felt like I was right there. Like I was right trying to figure it out. And then he said, how'd you find out your mom died? 
And I said, I got a phone call. Aww. And I remember sitting there and that my mom was my student's social worker. So she had an office in my room. And I remember sitting there, th- them telling me that you, you, she's unresponsive in the ER. And I was like, I just saw her in the morning. She had a cold. And then being like, you have to hide it from the kids. And I remember they took the kids out. And then when I came back to work, it was like expected that I tell them what happened to Miss Betty. Mm-hmm. And to th- do this idea of put it, leave it out the door. I'm like, but that was my mom. Right. And I remember like something as, as simple as she she missed the first day. And then I, I remember coming back and there, there being like in a, a, her office was all of the Christmas gifts the kids had gotten her because she never got to have them. And I remember being like, oh, I'm not okay. So I couldn't figure out why that trauma of I would go into work and I'm exhausted and this. And I know other teachers are having stuff like this. And I know that because I've had teachers when I've talked about my mother reach out to me and say something similar has happened. And every day I was walking into that school, I was waiting for another phone call. And I didn't know why. Because I didn't know that that was the reason I was stressed out by the phone call. You know, I was like, oh, it's because I'm worried that they're going to come in and tell me that we have to do fire drill or that right, they're going to yeah. do an observation. And it was not that. You <laughs> See, for have me, to it take was, care. yeah. You got to take care of your mental health. Yeah. No, for me, it was like my, at my previous school, I don't think I had a single year where I didn't have like a student that had a lot of like trauma in their home lives that they would bring to school with them. And then that would manifest into desks being thrown, chairs being thrown, things being destroyed, me getting hit. And so I had that impending doom feeling every day. Like, okay, what am I going to get hit with today? Okay. What's getting destroyed today? What's going to get thrown at me? And like, I hated my job for the first three years of my teaching career. And I hate to even say that because I love what I do. I love my job. I love the impact I get to make on kids' lives. I I genuinely love going to school now. But where I was at in that environment, like, it, it literally gave me worse anxiety. Right. 100%. And I, now I like I realize I don't feel that at my yeah. school that I go to now. I, I don't dread walking into the building. Right. I don't like feel those butterflies mm-hmm. in my stomach. And I I still have those anxieties. Like I still have, yeah. you know, like I, the nerves. They yeah. never mm-hmm. go away. But but that impending doom feeling mm-hmm. that went away for me yeah. changing my environment we all have seen whether it be in the news or just somebody that we know we have all seen people get to a breaking point and you're like wow i would have never expected that you don't know what people you don't know what people are going through people only show and people who struggle with depression and anxiety depression you already recluse a little bit because you're right. because there's some people that think like depression is like oh they just can't be happy like why can't you just be happy? Right. that's not what that's it not is right. and so i if i could give any like piece of advice like just something yeah. that works for me i am not a therapist <laughs> i am not a counselor this is right. just me from one teacher bestie to yeah. another yeah. you do not let anybody make you feel bad or invalidate your feelings if you know that you're feeling depressed anxious yeah. uh yeah. whatever it's okay just not yourself in just general not, yeah. yes yeah. It, it, and you know you have a intuitive knowledge of i do not feel like myself i'm not enjoying things Mm -hmm. i'm crying all the time there there are ways to get help and when i was like in the thick of it before like i got diagnosed and before i found a good psychiatrist i was at a point where i just like man i believe this lie that i was like man there's nobody that can help me There's, there's no help for mental health because when i went inpatient like it it almost like i don't know like i don't 
I don't know if, if y'all have ever been to an inpatient facility, yeah. but in a sense, like sometimes inpatient facility makes you feel like you're in jail. Like it, 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 it is like it, a, if they do that. And, yeah. I, and I understand why they have to do things the way that they have to do them, but but in a sense, like it, it's hard to heal. An inpatient environment is is like is like acute, like it's crisis management. Yes, we need you to we need you in a we, safe place we, so you don't harm yourself. When you get out of inpatient, you you got to do the work to make sure that you yeah. don't end up back in that place. Right. And so the, you can't you cannot move to a healthier place if you don't acknowledge that you're not in a healthy place. Mm-hmm. So I I would say you need a counselor yeah. to help you and you and you got to decide if you need talk therapy cognitive behavioral therapy yeah. or if you need trauma therapy yeah. like mm-hmm. just you know and maybe like find yeah. a support system well, of yeah. people that can help Jordan, it's scary to do like, it. My, my husband and i both go to therapy like mm-hmm. yeah. we started out with the same therapist because we just were doing like mm-hmm. it together yeah and because i mean that was at that point back in June where I, I literally like d- I didn't want to make TikToks anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like no creative energy at all. Yeah. I, I'm just not enjoying life right now. And when we started therapy, like we got real heavy into the different traumas that Jordan had dealt with yeah. with his diseases, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which I didn't even know right. that there is like a chronic illness PTSD, Yes, which like he, neither did he. And like, I'm not going to sit here and say that like, I didn't have like everything I needed as a child. I always, I didn't have to worry where my food was coming from. Mm -hmm. I always had clothing. I always had a roof over Mm -hmm. my head. I had nothing, like all my needs were met, Mm -hmm. but like, and so were Jordan's, but like his, his illness was such a form of stress mm-hmm. for the both of us. And then our, like my therapist was able to get him the help that he needed. Mm-hmm. And now he has, he's actually in trauma therapy yeah. with someone who, who specializes in like disease trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And which I would have never known was yeah. even a thing. Oh, but yeah. like, if you even feel that way at all, like please reach, reach out, out to someone reach and out. get yourself some help. Even if like, like even right now, like I'm in a good place now, mm-hmm. but like I still go to therapy. Yeah. So yeah. like you, oh, you don't yeah. have to be like on the brink or you don't have to be no. like, right. you, don't have to you be know, in a feeling no. Yeah, no. in a crisis to get therapy and just talk through things with people. Cause sometimes they can give you really good t- like tools like you were right. saying or well, advice. God, why don't you want to talk about yourself for an hour? Self care, babe. Like I, I can talk about myself for an hour, and I'm paying you to listen to it. That's, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that's like I love and something that that you said, and, and I was like, I, I wanted you to finish. Is you said I had I had everything I needed. What did you say? Mm-hmm. I had everything. I had all my needs met. But did you? I had all my my physical, physical needs, needs met. met, and so yes. I, and so I think it's important that as we say stuff like that, you had you talked about a lot of emotional needs that weren't met, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're like, for example, you were talking about your parents fighting, so you never got to have a good example of what that of what a relationship looked like, right? So when when we sit there, and I, and I say this to the teachers out there who are who are thinking about this, or I know like you know we were te- we were teasing Gabe before this, and you know we can't invalidate ourselves by saying well i had all my needs met mm-hmm. right i had i had everything i needed 
um, physically, right? Because here's the thing, when we invalidate ourselves and we say, oh, I, I, I was fine growing up and I, I, I heard, you know, Tell and Breeze told me what they went through and I was fine. You're invalidating yourself yeah. because there's traumas you had yep. growing up. And I hate the, you know, some 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 therapists like big T, little T trauma. Yeah. There's not. It's no, what Your trauma right. is your trauma. So when people are like, you know, uh, well, you know, think about what kids in, in this third world country are going through. See, and that's how I it's feel. Like, I'm, I feel no, so guilty. No, like, you know what I mean? Before, I'm yeah. always like, why is she invalidating her trauma? No. Like that, you may not have it's, had, like, Because, like, like you're, you're, I'm like, I didn't have it as bad as other people and did. You so I, I feel like, no. Yeah, you I know, but you, you almost feel right. like I have no room to talk because, like, you, I didn't have some of the, like, some of the situations, like, and especially, like, I see it in, like, the students I, I teach yeah, because mm-hmm. I see some of their home lives and I see some of the things that they deal with. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, you right. poor sweet babies. Like, come yeah. live with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, I feel bad saying, like, oh, my gosh, I have these issues because yeah. I didn't have those things you growing have, up that, like, somebody made you feel bad did. before? What? About, like, has somebody made you feel bad or do you think, like, it's a, like, you just I feel mean, bad yeah, about it? I mean, yeah, but, like, it's not, like, you know, someone like overtly calls you out on yeah, it or yeah, something. Yeah. It's sure. just like you know, it's like a subtle like yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, yeah. one of the, one of my favorite quotes ever is the hardest thing you've ever gone through is the hardest thing you've ever gone uh, through. Yeah. Yeah. Just yes. because it might not be as hard as somebody else or something that they went through, right? It's still the hardest thing that you went through. Oh, for sure. You know, like like think of little kids, man. When yeah. when if a kid has an action figure that they love, that breaks. What yeah. do they do? They well, cry. Yeah. And yeah. as adults, you're like. Well, don't cry. Like, it's just an action figure. Right. But that's the hardest thing that kid has gone through. Exactly. Like, yeah. That is right. a huge emotion for that's them. It's a corner So right. you have to, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corner yeah. Corner that, was a, that, was, that was an Anakin Skywalker action yeah. figure. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. <laughs> and that's how, like, people are still. Like, yeah. even yeah. though somebody around the world somewhere has gone through a lot more than you, the situation you're still right. dealing with might be the hardest thing that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. your emotion. That's a word and then, like, right so just there. to go back to, like, what you were saying about about like being th- like thrust into the spotlight of social media mm, like yeah. it's so hard to, like I, I'm very open and honest about everything mm. I deal with in my life like yeah. Jordan and I are very honest and he he is honest about his yeah. illnesses and you know because anyone that can learn from any experience that we have or it can 100%. feel some can, yeah, kind right. of like you know um uh, solidarity in yeah. like anything that we've dealt with I want them to feel like they're not alone and I just, you know, sometimes it's hard being in the spotlight because people, like you said, make assumptions about you. Yeah. Yeah. And something that, like, I pride myself on trying to be the nicest human that I could be, mm-hmm. trying to be the best person that I could be. If I have any way that I can make somebody else's day easier or better or nicer, yeah. like, I want to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a human and I mess up. And, like, absolutely. And it's hard because then, like, you have the scrutiny of millions of people watching your every yeah. move. And it's like, if you don't do every little step right, it's like, what's that person going to say about me? What are they going to think about me? Oh my God, I'm a horrible person. And it's not like that. Like you Mm -hmm. you said, you can't get somebody's entire personality or somebody's entire, you know, being in a video or on the internet for that matter. And I would think too, and I think maybe that's why this feels so... It, it, why why the transition from from if you're you know a teacher to an influencer felt a little bit more organic ish in a way because you're asking people to, to, to they get an insight of you right and so mm-hmm. i feel like every time that someone watches a video of you it's like when a principal comes and does an observation or when mm-hmm. someone does an observation because they're going to snippet of what a you were at bit, that yeah. moment and a lot of time you're given the best 
part of yourself, right? But that might, that's not who you are as a complete teacher, right? Same thing with when our parents come in to do parent-teacher conferences, I know that you're coming in maybe stressed out, maybe you just got Mm. off work, maybe you had to miss work to come here and now you got a point or or, or what have you. And so you're seeing a snippet of that. And so it's it's difficult, you know, like you said, I'm worried that people, you know, this is who I try to strive to be and I'm not always that. And I remember going home and we joked, you know, we were recording this weekend, we made a joke about like, as you know, you start out that you're wanting to be Miss Honey, but you end up being Miss Trunchbull (laughs) and, you know, sinking into that. But then you sit there and think, I yelled a lot today and I don't like that Mm -hmm. I did that. Or Mm -hmm. like for me, um, as you are healing, you are mourning the the person you you could have been if you didn't have that trauma. And I don't think people understand that when you're when you're sitting there you, when you're healing you're also mourning because you're saying I could have done I could have done this I could have been this, and and I had these blocks and within that the anger comes in because it, it's a stage of grief right you're you're grieving, and I remember treating my colleagues at at work with some of the teachers I had my my admin my admin and I did not have a good relationship and it was not just me but I yeah. I I always felt like. If you do wrong, you own up what you did wrong, and I was—I'm very big on that. And I've done wrong. I—I—I have—I 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 have said things about my admin. I've said things about my friends. I've said things about, and I was like, I don't like I did that, and I can't sit there and say blame it on uh, mental illness or blame it on you know um, anything else because at that moment I have to be responsible for everything that I right. did, and I hurt you because. I hurt you. Yeah. It didn't matter that I hurt you because, you know, we were all talking mm-hmm. uh, crap about you and my admin overheard me say it. Right. And I will go right up to you and I said, that sucks you heard that. And I'm so sorry that I said it in a way I could have I could have said how I was feeling about you in a way to you right. that didn't have to do with petty words and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. And it's that's that's a hard, hard thing yeah. to, to do, it right? Is, but then it also feels like when you do that, it also feels so freeing because you're mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm reconciling any yep. any wrongs that right. I have done, and I'm making sure this person knows that I genuinely care, yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I like I know that I messed up, and I'm gonna fix it and right. make it better for you in any way that I can, or I'm gonna know? offer you that. And if and right, here's the thing, right. we we don't have to ever be a part of someone's healing that harmed us where you never have to be a part of their healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can say, I, I love you, or I love the, the friendship, the relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, before I met Jason, I had a fiance, we broke up, and, and I can sit there and say, I want you to heal, mm-hmm. and I, I love the person you are, I love mm-hmm. what we had, but I can't be there for yeah. your healing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wish you the best, yeah. and, and at that, because if, 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 just like if someone's done wrong by us, and there's been a lot of people who have, I'm like, I am not angry with you, but I don't want anything more than this. And we can both go mm-hmm. our own ways and I feel great about it. And, right, and like right. I've done that with a lot of my mom's family and it's hard, but it's like, I appreciate everything, but I know right. that I don't want that for me anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard sometimes when it, when it's back, right? I know that there was, there's some teachers I used to teach with and it was the same thing like, you know, that we had just like this head thing because they said mm-hmm. a lot of like homophobic things to me. And I was like, I want a relationship with you and I know that you want that back with me, but I, I don't want okay, it. Yeah. And, 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 and it sucks and, or vice mm-hmm. versa. And, that's okay. It's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of people who they like they hear a lot now, oh, you should seek counseling. Like yeah. you should do this. There's a lot of people who think to themselves, well, I can't afford this. I can't yeah. afford it. Right. My, my first pit, 
uh, tip of, you know, a little bit of advice is if you can't afford it, find, you know, whatever, like if you yeah. if find, call yeah. a clinic, I don't, I don't know the right terminology there, for it. Yeah, there's there, 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 Call yeah. them and say, hey, yeah. I, I would love to receive your services. Yeah. I can't afford this. Right. Is there yeah. anything that we can do to make this happen? Because I right. know a lot of people that yeah. they they make a lot of anonymous donations yeah. to yeah, those absolutely. places. There's yeah. some good places Yeah, and then, you know, kind of the last thing you that I want to ask you is, is there a helpline that people can call or anything like that? Yeah, so people, now it's it's switched. And I, and I think you, I looked it up on my, that's so funny. It's just oh, yeah, up. I, was, I, was, I didn't uh, know so if you had looked it up already. <laughs> there was a longer one. They, they've now, thank God, done it where you can call 988, which is, the, it's the, it used to be the suicide prevention line, and now it's um, suicide and crisis lifeline. Mm. Oh, so something that you can do, and something that, like, even as a therapist, we mm -hmm. give this number to our clients, because mm -hmm. sometimes they can't always reach us. Yeah. But we're not there necessarily for a crisis. We're there for, you know, day-to-day um, and so if, if, if this is thing where you're, you're in a bad mental health space or mm -hmm. you're in a mental health space where you don't feel safe with yourself, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you can dial 988, which is like 911, um, mm -hmm. and get those services and call and, and, and say, where, where, where is there? And, mm -hmm. and a, there's a lot, of, you know, uh, there's a lot of places within, within communities where, um, if if you teach, call your HR and say, "Is do we have and a mental health plan?" You, yeah. And they will. Um, when I was teaching, when my mom passed away, they, gave, they I called them and they gave me a bunch of information. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of places um, that are either affiliated with a uh, with a church or the church houses them. There's no religious affiliation if you're not. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of these places will have free grieving, yep. free small groups. And if you don't have mm -hmm. that, reach out to your school. Maybe the guidance counselor or mm -hmm. a guidance counselor from a different school mm -hmm. will do a small group session for for teachers. Yeah. So they can disclose that, but there's there's there is help out there's there, help, and yeah. and we would be foolish if we were on here to say that some of the, my services that I've gotten, I, I I'm always disclosing it. I have um, a uh, mental or a nurse practitioner of mental health that I get my medication. I see I mm -hmm. see monthly. I see a therapist every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I uh, see a nutritionist for my binge eating disorder, mm -hmm. and I uh, I do uh, personal training with them to keep that binge eating at bay, mm -hmm. and that is privilege. And yeah. I, it is privilege that I it's the reason why I still do tours and that because I'm yeah. paying for grad school and it's expensive, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And um, I have the privilege of a lot of that being paid for under my husband's insurance because he works mm -hmm. at university. And I and it'd be foolish if we said some of the service that we were able to get, you know, as as we get medication and stuff, isn't because of a privilege of finances. Right. But there, I, I I promise you, coming from this side now, uh, mm -hmm. uh, as as a you know as a as a therapist, yeah, the resources are are out there. Yeah, um, nine eight eight is a great thing to help get jumpstart that. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it's you don't have to sit there and and you don't and have a, to suffer. There's you don't help. have to yeah. suffer. There's no. help. Yeah. There's you don't help. have to suffer. I mean, even before I started social media, I still had a psychiatrist Absolutely. and I still went to counseling. Right. Um, and there's there's a lot of I know Mississippi changed their Blue Cross Blue Shield changed yes. their medication. Yes. Like to where they would only. Uh, prescribe the generic for things. Yeah. Well, I take a medicine called Trentelix for depression. There is no generic of Trentelix, right. but Trentelix is like four hundred dollars yes. out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so there is like a there's patient assistance yes, yeah. there is. that people that teachers can do. You yes. you can send them your teaching yes. salary, and based off of your teaching salary, they will you can get. Trentelix discounted mm. and it was frustrating because that messed up a lot of teachers medication yes. because mm -hmm. to go from the generic 
uh, to go from the um, name brand, name brand, brand to yeah. the generic, it's not that people are too uppity to take the generic. It's not, it's it's not got anything to do yeah. with that. Sometimes the there is none. Sometimes there is no generic. Right. Sometimes the side effects of the generic a little bit affect different. people yeah. really bad, as opposed to right. the name brand one. And so there was in in the state of Mississippi, there was a lot of there was. I'm not gonna say there was like a mental health crisis, but people like freaked oh. out when they because if you if you if you have worked hard to get on a set yes. of medication and it's taken because it takes years sometimes to get you on the right Cor- type oh, of medication for sure. yeah. and so I, I i honestly freaked out a little bit when i when i saw that they i had to move to the generic because i was like oh my gosh there's no generic of you know what do i do and yeah. i and i went through a, a time and some of that was this summer like i went even though i wasn't teaching anymore the some of it was the summer where I had to adjust medications because yeah. my oh, insurance yeah. was like because yeah. nah, nah, nah. I was under I did Cobra yeah. which is an extension of my teaching uh, uh, my teaching health insurance because they have to offer Cobra. I seriously like I remember walking into my mom's house because we were she, it was like the day after he told me we we're gonna make Christmas cookies and I just look at her and go Mom Jordan's gonna die and like I start crying yeah. and she's like What are you talking about Right yeah. and like but like. Like, that's the point I'm trying to make. You never yeah, know. You never know what somebody is dealing with. with. And I'm not just saying that for me. Like, I'm saying that in general, like, just give each other grace. Please. Yeah. And, yeah. like, cut each other some slack. And, like, you know, even if you're not BFFs with the teacher down the hall, you have no idea what's going right. on in their life. You have no idea what's going on, even in your admin's life. Right. Like, there could be a lot of crap happening with them, too. Yeah. And we just, just all nice. need to be nice. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. be kind nice. To each other. Just be kind right. to each other and, like, just love on each other and be there for each other. And as as long as at the end of the day, you know, you're doing what's right for you mentally and you're yeah. doing what's right for, you know, each other to back each other up. Yeah. That's all you could ask for. I think this is a perfect way to, to wrap her up. Yeah, absolutely. I got a flight I got to catch here nah, in a real good. bit. Keep uh, it. I got to teach We're actually trying morning. to get you to, to miss your flight. <laughs> but but so we could go get them gym right. shoes, big yeah. <laughs> But no. we're, so, we're so happy to have Bree back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, once again, if you need help or you or somebody you love needs help, please reach out. 988 is that hotline number. Yeah, and then we'll try to put any other resources that we can find yeah. at, at the end of this. But yes. just know that you're not alone, and that um, you're. It's okay if you need to go somewhere and, and unpack trauma with, with, yeah. with, with a with a professional. <laughs> yeah, thank Hi. you so much. We'll see you next guys. week. <laughs>it out to the end of the episode and because you did that that obviously means that you would love to subscribe to our podcast go ahead and click this button right up here and you can get all of our notifications by hitting that notification bell down there and while you're at it you can give us a five-star rating over on apple Podcasts or spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts